Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation, so sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. everybody and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. I'm your host Lisa Wolfork and I am speaking today with Jessica Webb. Jessica is the fashionable therapist on Instagram. She is a delight. She is a marriage and family counselor um, in private practice and she sews like the wind. So <laughs> Jessica, welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is so great. I'm so happy you are here as well. We are now in the month of December in 2020, which is the end of the year, and we are heading through to 2021 quite soon. And I want I invited Jessica to come on the program because I was very interested in giving us some type of advice or tips on what it meant to transition to from 2020 to 2021. This is about the time people start thinking about what their New Year's resolutions are going to be or putting up new plans or some people do quarterly plans for the future. Some people do whole years. I tend to take it just one day at a time and see what happens. But I invited Jessica because I thought that she would have a lot of things to share with us about what it meant to think about our sewing in this context, as well as about different resolutions that we might need to step into this new year. Jessica, can you get started just by telling us your sewing story? How did sewing start for you? Yeah. Okay. It's interesting because I had a grandmother who is now deceased. She, she died when I was about 19 years old, who I did not know was an amazing seamstress. Hmm. And I did not know that until I started becoming uh, excited about sewing. And my family didn't know that I was initially. I was stalking YouTube pages and thinking to myself, how can I do this? I've always been a very creative person. I used to express myself through my hair, always through my writing. But when I came to the idea that I want to be able to make my own clothes, I had no idea where to start. And so I had a client at the time, which is interesting, who was a design student. And she and I, through her therapy, would talk about some things that were important to her. And she brought in her sketches. And I just remember gushing over them and talking about how I would be interested in starting that and learning how to sew. And one day, towards the end of her cycle in therapy, she brought this Singer sewing machine, the, probably the most simple machine that didn't have any bells nor whistles. And she said, Jessica, I want you to have this. She said, sewing is not as hard as you think it is. I want you to try it. And I said, I can't take this from you. She said, please take this from me because I have six more just like them collecting dust in my basement. I said, okay. So I take the sewing machine and the first thing that I do is go to Joanne and grab a very easy Vogue pattern. Why do Wait, that? a very easy <laughs> Vogue pattern? <laughs> I, I would like to re- let the record show 
that Miss <laughs> Jessica Webb, who doesn't know Nam, Nam non-zero information about sewing, has been gifted a sewing machine and heads straight to Joanne's Listen. to get a very easy Listen, Vogue it's pattern. Very, very easy, didn't it? So I'm okay. I'm, I'm listening to what the manufacturer says, and apparently they are lying because uh-huh. <laughs> I went when I got to Joanne, I found somebody that was working there, and I said to her, "What are notions, and where are they? Like this is literally." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this. And this was just literally five years ago. This was in 2015, in June of 2015. Okay, so. She helps me sort some things out. She did not warn me about that pattern, which I'm mad at. But um, Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if this is like some sewing malpractice. I don't know. I used to work at a Joann's years ago when I was in graduate school. That was over 20 years ago. Uh-huh. And if you had walked in there when I was in there saying... I want to learn to sew. This is my first pattern. This very e- easy Vogue. Now, lady, can you take me to where these things called notions are? I would have probably mm-hmm. said, are you sure about that pattern? No, she did look at me sideways. But listen, I'm, I'm a weirdo. So people always look at me sideways. So I didn't think anything of it. <laughs> and I even have pictures. I should send you that picture. I even have pictures of me like being completely flabbergasted and exasperated by this thing. So I let that go. And I I realized that sewing with patterns is not for me. So I started cutting my clothes and I started using the shapes of my clothes as patterns just to learn how to work the actual machine. Because remember the machine was used. It didn't come with a manual. It was just a machine. And I just had to figure it all out. And in doing so, I just grew. I learned how to do things that I never thought that I would be able to do. And by the year 2016, I had learned how to make some pretty important pieces, at least for me at the time. But I kind of got distracted. I think when you are somebody who's a thinker and you're uh, very intuitive and you're very tied into other people, Sewing for me is difficult when I cannot be emotionally weightless, when I have a lot of pressure on me or I feel Mm. overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. I cannot create something I can do. I want to, I dream about it. I, I Pinterest everything in the world, but I can't physically sit at my machine and work. And so, yeah, because it just feels too heavy. Absolutely. It feels like absolutely. now. Let me before you before we talk about the 2016. I do want to go back because I will. Mm-hmm. I am not going to let this go <laughs> that you that you started with a Vogue pattern mm-hmm. and then you decided that patterns were no good for you. I did um, In that moment, because I, was like, I don't know why people do this. <laughs> and you were like, I think my client might need some more therapy because she's a liar. <laughs> Yeah, she has not been honest with me about this sewing thing because it's, it's, it's quite difficult. And so the thing I'm so excited about is that instead of saying this sewing thing is ridiculous, mm-hmm. you say, okay, I still want to do it. I'm mm-hmm. going to give it a try. Mm-hmm. Let me cut up my clothes mm-hmm. and make my own patterns from that. How did you make that leap from patterns are not for me? Because some folks who say patterns are not for me also think sewing is not for me. I tried. It didn't work. It's too frustrating. The instructions don't make sense to me. I don't understand the illustrations. Forget it. This is dumb. You said you maybe had that experience, but you said, you know what? I have clothes in my closet that were made by somebody. 
Let me go in there and take those apart. Like, how did you make that leap? I have attention deficit disorder and I have always been an alternative learner. And I had to teach myself a whole lot of things that come very naturally to other people throughout my life. So that being a barrier or a challenge didn't really present that way to me. The Mm. way my brain works, it's just, okay, that didn't work. Let me go in a different direction. Let Mm -hmm. me try this. So I, I just think that once I'm the kind of person that once I've decided on something, I don't know who you think, you are that's going to stop me because you're not right. Yeah. So I wanted to sell period. And Mm -hmm. I've never been reading has always been a challenge for me, even though I love to write, make it make sense. I don't understand, but Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. so I knew that reading the instructions was not going to be something that I could do easily or that it, it, it would, uh, allow me to produce something that looked good. So the pictures, of course I was reading, but I didn't necessarily even know what the terms were at that point. Because remember, I had no prior instruction. All the basic terms, basting, gathering, uh, I don't know what that is. So I just had to play and figure it out. And so I I would set small goals for myself. And today I'm going to figure out how, what is a bobbin and how does that work? And then today I'm going to figure out what these little lines are. What is five eighths of an inch and how do I line that up? And what am I supposed to be looking at when I'm stitching? Am I looking at the needle? Am I looking at my clothes? Am I looking at the line? What am I looking at? Like Mm -hmm. those little things, those small milestones that I made, over the weeks, over the months, over the days. And when I first started, when you have ADD, that you have the ability to hyper-focus on things that you really like. Mm-hmm. So I would stay up into hours into the night, just sitting and trying to figure this whole thing out. Or I'm going to make a skirt tonight. I don't even know how to make it, but this, <laughs> y'all going to get this skirt. And Exactly. <laughs> so that was the, the way that I transitioned was how I always transition in what I'm doing in my life. I just make those things happen regardless of what's in front of me. That is so powerful. And what I appreciate about what you're saying is that because of your ADD, Mm -hmm. you were used to finding alternative solutions. And that when when you confront a a roadblock, it's not, okay, never mind, I'm not going to do it. That's clearly a stepping stone for you. You're like, okay, so this thing didn't work. I don't understand it. Let me figure it out. And then you just do. So I think that's really incredible. So you were talking about in 20, 2016, how you were having difficulty like sitting and focusing with Mm -hmm. sewing because you are the type of person that needs emotional levity Mm -hmm. in order to to sit or to create at Mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. What what changed for you in 2016 in terms of your sewing? Because this is pretty early considering that you just started in 2015. And in June of 2015. So by somewhere in 2016, I just completely put it down. And if I'm totally honest, it was because I was dealing with some depression and Mm -hmm. I could not, I couldn't come back. I couldn't find my way back to that. I have three children. I run a business and I have to stay okay for that. So every drip drop of my emotional wellness was poured into every other aspect that couldn't Mm -hmm. fall. The balls that couldn't get dropped 
got what they needed. And so sewing just, it, that singer was sitting in my closet mm-hmm. for an entire year. I didn't pick it back up. So I like to tell people that I've been sewing since 2015, but I've only been sewing for four years because <laughs> I, I didn't pick it back up until 2017. And I just kind of hit the ground running. I, at that point, I'd set a new goal for myself to learn how to pattern. And I said, I don't know what I got to do, <laughs> but I'm going to figure this thing out. I'm going to call. And by this time, I had found my my way to Instagram and really started making some, some good connections with people who I could ask, people yes. who I really look up to, people who I thought would never even answer my DMs because who the heck am I? And even other people who just were willing to help me. I used that and I just forged a way to, to get to the other side of pattern sewing. And that's what brings me here today. That's fantastic. Do you remember what the second pattern you sewed was? Because the first thing you grabbed, of course, was the quote, very easy Vogue, the very easy of the hardest of the big four patterns. It's so clear that you weren't, that you weren't versed Mm -hmm. in the vocabulary or rankings, so to speak, Mm -hmm. of the apparel sewing patterns, or at least the big four patterns, because those of us who do sew with these patterns know that Vogue is considered to be Mm -hmm. the most difficult because it's, because of the way it has these designers Mm -hmm. and it has always been connected to fashion and high fashion. And Mm -hmm. then you get folks who will design for Vogue. And I don't know, it's just very interesting that the Vogue's appeal to you because they're really gorgeous. Yeah, and they, it's fashion, really baby. It's fashion. Yeah, it's fashion. It's like, I'm the fashionable therapist, <laughs> not the unfashionable therapist. I need the Vogue's. But see, um, I, I looked at this one pattern, and I, I know what it is now. I can tell you the pattern number. It was <laughs> Vogue 9075, that jumpsuit. And I said, oh, it's simple. It's this wide leg, cool out jumpsuit with what looks like a t-shirt. I can't do that. Wrong. No, I can't. I am right here next to my podcast studio, which I say podcast studio, Uh but what it really is a two foot folding table Uh with a microphone set up on it, but it's right next to my pattern cabinet. And my pattern cabinet came from Joann's Mm -hmm. when the Joann's moved. I tell folks this all the time, y'all, if your Joann's or your some big fabric store, whatever Mm -hmm. is moving, if they are moving from one location to the other, go there and buy fixtures mm-hmm. because you know how they have the pattern drawers that have, that say simplicity or Vogue on yeah. them. I have one of those in my house right now mm-hmm. and I paid $25 for it. Oh, that's wonderful. I had to get three people to move it in this house because it is heavy. Mm-hmm. And now it is as full as any of the ones they have at the fabric stores. But I'm like, I'm trying to look through my Vogue's real quick and see if I have that jumpsuit just so I can see how ambitious you really were. I'm not going to be put my hands on it right now, but that's incredible yeah. that you, that's the one you're like, this is not going, I like jumpsuits. <laughs> I like jumpsuits. Actually, let me tell you my thinking behind all this. My thought was if you can read, you can. Mm. So <clears throat> there was a lady before I was going to join, I really was uh, a shopper at Hancock. And oh, I used to, I miss Hancock. So they had such good knits. That's what I, I used to call them my home base. And not just because mm-hmm. I like the fabric, but because there was a lady in there 
that used to take care of me. Every time I walked in that store, she would make me pull up on my phone. What did you make? What was the last thing you made? Because she knows that, knew that I turned into a maniac about sewing and I was sewing <laughs> everything every day. And every time I walked in that store, she would make me pull out what I was sewing and show her. And then she would have a cutting line. She was always at the cutting counter and her line would be all the way to the back of the store. She would stop everything that she was doing and make me show all these older ladies that have been sewing since they were 2.5 years old the Mm -hmm. things that I was doing. And I remember saying to her, why are you doing that? It's a shirt. If you can read, you can sew. I said that to her one day and she said, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. It is not about the fact that you can read. It is what you do. It is the choices that you're making. It is your fabric choices. This is a gift that you had. That's what this one lady told me. And that is what put wind in my wings. That is put, Mm. that's what propelled me forward. That one lady whose name I still do not know. Every time she saw me, she encouraged me and told me that I had something. And I was so proud of myself just because of that. That's a lot to be proud of. You know what I love about this um, idea that the that the employee slash mentor at yeah, Hancock Fabrics did for you was that you were trying to minimize your achievement. Yeah. Even the phrase, if you can read, you can sew. There's a lot of folks who can't read. Yeah. Like other folks or folks who reading is very difficult or yeah. it's visually impaired or they mm-hmm. might have dyslexia or whatever, mm-hmm. that reading is difficult. For me. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. exactly. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And so you say, I know I can read, so therefore I can. But it's not automatic at all. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really happy that this woman said to you, no. Mm-hmm. It's about the choices you make. Mm-hmm. And how much is that about both sewing and life? Everything. And, and this is one of the things, this is why I never worry about finding somebody wearing the same outfit I have on. Yeah. <laughs> because even if we're doing like, if you look at the Sew Your View or any mm-hmm. other pattern challenge where you have a bunch of people making the exact same pattern, yep. they always look different. Yep. And at least for me, I can't speak for you, but for me, I find a tried and true, or they say, a, yeah, a tried and true pattern or something mm-hmm. that I know fits, something I know loves. Mm-hmm. I will make that same dress five times. I can't do that. Please, I oh, can't do that. yes. Oh, yes. Girl, please. After I got that junk adjusted and did a full bust adjustment and a sway back adjustment, you think I'm going <laughs> to make that pattern one time? Every color. <laughs> oh, yes. And I wear it every day of the week. And every day of the week, someone yeah. will say, that's a nice dress. I'll say, oh, thank you. I made it. <laughs> I've got four more. I got four more. You might see them later this week. Maybe you won't. I don't know. You have to see. If you're lucky, you might. (laughs) But the idea that's so powerful about it is that sewing, like everything else, is about choices. It's also about opportunity. And that what what I'm hearing you describe is that you had a real-life sewing community where Mm -hmm. you could go into a Hancock Fabrics when they existed and talk with an employee who was helpful and Mm -hmm. supportive and encouraging. Encouraging, mm-hmm. and you had a digital community mm-hmm. yeah. uh, where you were able to make connections with people, to ask simple questions. That happened to me as well. I think I was, this was, I don't know, maybe this must have been last year. It must mm-hmm. have been last year. And I was working on a pair of pants from a, I think it was a Mimi G pattern. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, oh my gosh, these pockets are driving me bananas. They're poking out the side. I know it's a hip thigh thing. I can't figure it out. And Brittany J. Jones, Brittany Jones, and of course, I'm like geeking out because yeah, right. Brittany Jones DM mm-hmm. me and was like, you need the book patterns for and check 
page. I think she might have even sent me a picture of the page. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow. oh my goodness, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, so I, I do think about Instagram as like one of the happiest, friendliest corners of the internet. Yeah. And maybe a little bit less so now because I spend a lot of time on Instagram with mm-hmm. Black Women Stitch and other things. Mm-hmm. And so I know that there are a lot of unfriendly things Absolutely. out there. But still mm-hmm. to be able to get help and support mm-hmm. um, from people who are willing to do that. Not everybody is, and no. that's okay. There's always going to be some funky buckets out there. Absolutely. But for the most part, people have been like really um, helpful and supportive. And, and I love to do that for other people too. I like, I'm like, here's a little video of something that I did since you asked about it, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I just love that. So here you are, it's 2017, you are sewing. Yeah. And then how, I'm so excited about to talk about how you started to get these other like relationships and to grow in your participation in the online sewing community. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk with Jessica, the fashionable therapist about her more about her sewing, more about her future projects, relationship, rocket science, put it on your calendars. We'll talk about that when we get back. Stay tuned. Stitch Please podcast is really growing. Um, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and ask a favor. If you are listening to this podcast on a medium that allows you to rate it or review it, for example, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please do so. If you're enjoying the podcast, if you could drop me a five-star rating, if you um, have something to say about the podcast and you wanted to include that, a couple sentences in the review box of Apple makes a really big difference in how the podcast is evaluated by Apple, how it becomes more visible. It really is a way to lean into the algorithm that helps to rank podcasts. So if you had time to do that, to drop a little line in the review feature of the podcast, that would be really appreciated and it would help us to grow even further and faster. Welcome back, everybody. We are um, back. Thank you. If you are just joining us, you're listening to the Stitch Please podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork, and I'm speaking today with Jessica Webb, the fashionable therapist. And we're going to shift gears to talk a little bit more about... Jessica's involvement now in the sewing community. This is someone who started, she says she's, she started sewing in 2015 <laughs> and she's been sewing four years. That's because she had a little bit of a hiatus year, mm-hmm. um, but now she is in the thick of it. So can you talk about your um, participation in the Instagram online sewing community? Mm-hmm. I know you're working with Janome as a Janome maker mm-hmm. and you've been involved with Black Makers Matter. How do you get from someone who is picking out a very easy Vogue pattern to, (laughs) I'm telling you, I will never in life forget that. And as long as I know you, I will now, that image is permanently affixed to my perception of you. Whenever I see you on Instagram, I'm going to say, oh, that's Jessica. The first thing she tried to make was, it was Vogue number, um, Vogue number 9075. I have written it down, Jessica. Don't worry. I'm not going to forget that. So how do you get from there being a very ambitious beginner to where you are now? 
I think the transition was easy because prior to being on Instagram for sewing purposes or for my personal page, I had another business page for my relationship rocket science brand. And so I was there. And once I started sewing and I realized, oh my God, I am completely passionate about this. I have to do this. My brain just, I found that I was struggling to find space for both where I was giving people the advice or whatever it was that came to my mind. A lot of times it was things that I discussed in session. I just needed to share with more people and this other world where I'm sewing and I'm taking pictures and and showing you, look what I made. I I felt like a a kid being pulled between their two parents and I couldn't Mm. figure out how to make that work. And so When I came back to sewing in 2017, I completely stopped doing any posting on my Relationship Rocket Science page on Instagram. And so then I started only posting on, at that point, my name was So Amazingly. Mm. And my middle name is Lee, L-E-I-G-H. So it's a play on words. I love that name and I still miss it. But my name was So Amazingly. And oh, so it's so amazing. So it's not amazingly L-Y. It was amazingly L-E-I-G-H. That's right. Oh, that's so clever. I love that name, but then I had to give it up because eventually I said to myself, Jessica, you are all of these things. You don't have to be one thing. You don't have to switch between do shadow work on the left and then be somebody else on the right. This is actually who you are. And the people Mm. that are going to come to your page are going to be people who are coming for the fashion and staying for the advice or coming for the advice and intrigued by the fashion. And you just have to be who you are. And people are going to have to figure that out. And even if it doesn't make sense to them, they're going to have to figure it out because you can't compartmentalize it at this point anymore. So yes. That's how The Fashionable Therapist was really born. I brought the two of those worlds together and I said that I'm going to be authentic because there are going to be some days that I need to say something verbally and there are going to be some days that I need to say something creatively through my clothes. And I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't have a whole lot of organization when it comes to how I do that. And so when it comes to being an influencer, I still technically do not consider myself that. Mm -hmm. I'm someone who is on Instagram, who has an account that is trying to just be myself and change people's lives as I go, whether that's drawing people in with what I'm making, but then whispering something in their ear while they're looking. This is just how I am. And I know that I was born for a purpose and that is to affect positive change in the lives of other people. And Mm -hmm. the way that the Lord decides to use that has come about in ways that I wasn't expecting, namely Mm -hmm. sewing. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. I love how you've been able to, I really like, although I love so amazingly, now that I can see it in mm-hmm. my head. I love that. And I really like how you were able to bring in the two halves of your life. Yeah. And draw them in together, draw them together into one holistic 
whole. Mm -hmm. I just really think that's a gorgeous approach. And it reminds me of what your sewing mentor back at Hancock Fabric says. Nothing is automatic. It's about the choices that you make. And when you look through, when I look through your account, and I do want to talk about one garment in particular, Mm -hmm. um, when I look through your account, I see someone who is affecting that balance. And this kind of constant need, this not constant need, this that what we are engaged in is indeed a process, a constant process of choices. Absolutely. We are making decisions all the time, whether we're trying to decide which fabric we're going to use mm-hmm. or what path we're going to take about mm-hmm. a particular challenging situation in life. Mm-hmm. It's about decisions. Mm-hmm. And so the fashionable therapist com- brings these two things together. And I don't know, I just think it's really very exciting. Before we get to talk about one of the things I wanted to address, which was some tips and advice for moving into the new year, I really want to talk about your yellow shirt blouse. Oh. <laughs> because listen, you have been sewing for maybe one fifth, one fifth of the time that mm-hmm. I have been sewing. Okay. I have been sewing five times longer than you. Mm-hmm. And in that time, I have wanted to make a shirt blouse. Mm-hmm. No, actually, I want to make a shirt bodice yeah. out of Ankara or African fabrics because mm-hmm. I, I I always buy these dresses at festivals. Whenever I go to a Black festival yep. or African-American festival, I see these dresses. Mm-hmm. I buy them because I can wear them without a bra. <laughs> and they're very pleasant to wear yes. and I, they look good on me. And I was like, Lisa, why are you buying these dresses? It looks like it's just a couple yards of fabric mm-hmm. and you finish the top, you finish the bottom, you sure the middle, you put it on and you have a dress. Can I tell you, I have not yes. been able to figure that out. And I have been actively wanting one of these dresses. I've been, no, I, I've been actively wanting to make one of these dresses for at least eight years, mm-hmm. at least eight years. And I have not, I won't say eight years worth, but I, I don't tend to buy clothes since I make everything, Yeah, mm-hmm. but I buy these. And so when I saw that you had that cute little yellow mm-hmm. top that was shirt and that it started with a piece of, I think you said that maybe Erica Bunker had done it first. That's uh-huh. what your post says. So you've got to tell me about that. And everyone says, it's, it's kind of like what they were telling you. Oh, sewing is easy. If you mm-hmm. can read, you can sew. So mm-hmm. I can read, mm-hmm. I can sew, but I cannot, sure. I mm-hmm. have bought the elastic. Mm-hmm. I have bought the elasticized thread. I have a specialty bobbin case. Like I okay, have wait. invested. I have a question for you. You cannot or you have not? I I have not okay. because I believe uh-huh. that I cannot. Okay, I got it. Okay. So my yeah. belief is limiting me because I do not believe I can do it. Okay. I've, I have, I'm trying to think about all the times I've sat down to try. Mm-hmm. Maybe one time. Then I was like, you know what? I can do other things so much better than this. So <laughs> I'm going to put this aside. <laughs> And then one day I'll talk to Jessica on the podcast and she will explain to me exactly how to do it. But yeah, that's exactly what it is. I think that's a great question too, yeah. that, yeah, I believe that I cannot and that's why I have not. So tell me how you got to do this. Because to me, this is a lot. You take a big piece of fabric and you shrink it down so much. You're using mm-hmm. the elasticized thread. What made you decide to do this? And you said in your post that you learned a lot. Mm-hmm. What did, what were some of the things you learned? So, um, a person who is addicted to challenging myself and driving myself crazy. I I feel like if I'm not pushing myself to some kind of ridiculous limit, then I'm just not living. And Oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't, I don't know 
what that is, but that's enough. That we'll do a therapy uh, session on another day about that. But as far as the shearing goes, I saw the the style that it, it, it was all the rage this summer. Everybody was wearing sheared things, not just in the sewing community, in general. And I said, I want that. I want that top. So I watched YouTube. I bought my little thread that I needed. I used some fabric that literally I've had since Hancock that I haven't wanted to cut because I love yellow. And I said, this would be the perfect little bit of fabric. I'm going to take this and I'm going to figure it out. And at that point, I was still learning certain things on my current machine at the time. And I just, I'm just challenge driven, Lisa. That, that is really the answer. I, if I don't know how to do something, I don't want to say I didn't do it because I don't know how, even mm. though it makes me nervous and my stomach is about to drop, jump out of my throat, regardless of what the thing is, I still feel so driven to push myself to do it anyway. And even though we're just talking about shearing a shirt, that's where that shirt came from. Me saying, I want the shirt and would, it's dumb for me to say, I'm, I'm not going to try it just because I don't know how. No, I think that, and that speaks, I think, to your passion and your ambition that when you say you're challenge driven, I think that's real. And I think you can definitely see that. And of course, I'm teasing about the very easy Vogue pattern, mm-hmm. but that's the kind of, that's a challenge driven type of of mode, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. that you go in, you have the confidence. And I am, I'm quite confident about a lot of things mm-hmm. in sewing. And I also believe that anybody can make anything. Yes. I, I tell people this all the time. People think, I'm like, oh, I made this sweater, or I made this jumpsuit, or I made this, I made my bra, I made underwear, I made what? They're like, oh, what? I'm like, it's, I'm not a, I'm not a sorcerer. I'm yes. not a witch. You know, I like know. it's not magic. I, you, all you need to do is know how to sew a straight line. You can make anything. Yeah. And people think that I'm absolutely lying to them. And I'm like, I'm not, right. I'm really not. So I feel like it's so funny. Cause I feel like I've made, I've made umbrellas. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you try to get me to sit down and shirt a shirt. I'm like, never mind. It's too hard. So the advice <laughs> that I'll give you since you asked, okay. Yeah. Please share. <laughs> is to decide. Lisa, you just have to decide that's what you're going to do. And once you decide, it doesn't matter how difficult it is when you sit at the machine. You're going to figure it out, but you got to decide first. That is so true. It's so funny. You are absolutely, it's so funny. Like I bet if my family or anyone else who knows me is listening to this, they're probably laughing. They're like, Lisa, since when have you put your mind to something Mm -hmm. and not done it? You do actually have a podcast Mm -hmm. that you are talking to someone on Mm -hmm. and making a podcast must be more difficult than sewing lines of elastic. (laughs) What'd you say? It just takes patience. That's it. It's patience. It's, oh, if it takes patience. Okay. I have some patience. I have to go check on it, but because I tend to like things done like right now. Sure. But no, I think that's really great. Let's shift gears a bit to talk about one of the reasons I was super excited to have you on the program was that because we are in December and we are starting to move into the anticipate that 2021 is right around the corner. And I wanted to see if you had any kind of tips or advice Mm -hmm. for helping us move through the challenges of 2020 Mm -hmm. 
to get to 2021. I just keep thinking this is a time of year where you start seeing things like different listicles about Mm -hmm. things to wrap up your new year or different resolutions or commitments you can make to yourself. Would there be some type of advice that you might offer to to people who are listening Mm -hmm. about what is required or what kind of processes or thoughts Mm -hmm. or plans Mm -hmm. or approach one might take to moving into the new year in a really healthy, forward-thinking way? Yeah. So I would say I learned a lot being a therapist in the year 2020. Oh, yeah. Watching my clients, I call them my people, watching my people go through what they've gone through, watching myself go through what I've gone through, feeling the world go through what it's gone through. I've just absorbed a lot. And I think one thing is that we have learned that we should not take anything for granted. If 2020 didn't teach you anything, tomorrow is really not promised to anybody. And so we have to be so careful to not define ourselves by what society says. I think our jobs, our titles, our functions have meant more to us than they should up to this point. And my people have really learned that it's the bare basic things that I have failed to acknowledge, failed to look at, failed to deal with that are now driving my bus when I can't be what I thought I was. So Mm. I think that going into this 2021 year, people have to be so intentional about getting to know yourself, who you really are, aside and apart from your job, your, the fact that you may or may not be a parent, your hobbies, however you have self-defined, I'm challenging people to consider that might not be enough. And the way that you can really do that is by creating goals in areas that don't include those things. So emotional goals, physical goals, spiritual goals, and even possibly interpersonal goals that you should be able to set for yourself and each day go through, what have I done to feed myself emotionally? What have I done to feed myself physically? What have I done to feed myself spiritually? And so on. And you have the ability to track your progress in that way. But if you're only thinking about who you are from the perspective of, uh, from a place that is imbalanced, meaning what am I doing on my job? What is my boss thinking? Uh, Did I get my kids on the Zoom call? What am I cooking for dinner? All of these things that seem to take precedence because we justify those things to be more important than Mm. ourselves. Mm. Uh, It makes sense on its face. If anybody's passing by my life and and I'm just sitting here trying to take care of my family, I'm trying to be a good mother. I'm trying to be a good therapist. Then nobody would look twice at what I'm doing. It makes sense. Yes. Mm. She's a good person. However, there's more to that. And the scale of our priorities, I think are askew. That's so powerful. And one of the things I'm, of course, I'm I'm writing notes, Mm -hmm. but this idea of getting to know yourself, Mm -hmm. the idea, I I think that this is something that a lot of us have had to sit with Mm -hmm. because we've had to move through the world differently Mm -hmm. and move through the way that we've thought about ourselves differently. And one of the things I wrote down was who you are versus what you do. That's right. 
And that and the idea of putting like aligning priorities, setting goals for yourself, that that to me feels a bit different than the New Year's resolution list that somebody might make. And Mm -hmm. then by the end of February, that list is long gone and forgotten that what you're describing is a way to commit to yourself. Yeah. And it starts with having a conversation, an honest conversation with yourself about the ways in which you know that you are imbalanced because it's our imbalance, the imbalanced parts of our lives that keep us from focusing on understanding who we are apart from what we have to do. So when we think we have to do something, then that makes us feel like we are doing something for us. And that's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. This is great. This is really helpful. Thank you so much for sharing this. I do appreciate it. Let's talk a bit as we start to wrap up about what is next for you. Mm -hmm. I see that you are a Janome maker. I'm really Mm -hmm. curious about what that involves. Mm -hmm. And you are there any, and and also want to hear more about relationship rocket science. So for the Janome maker, Mm -hmm. what is, what does that involve? What, how does that go? Like they give you a sewing machine, they loan you a sewing machine or, and then you like make stuff with it? I guess that's what it sounds like. (laughs) So they give you, they ask you what products you're you're looking for based on the kind of sewist, seamstress, whatever word you want to use to describe yourself are. And they give you what they have of their inventory based on that because they want you to promote it in the best way that you can. Uh, Uh I am a garment sewist. And so I got the Skyline S9 Mm -hmm. and the 2000D air threader serger. So I am enamored by those things. Exciting. Listen, do not have to thread a a serger. Come on. Girl, I trust me. I have, I have a baby lock ovation, not ovation. I have a baby lock evolution Yeah, and it is auto thread. And I have had auto thread for six years. Uh I love it. You press that button. It's gone. It is just, it is just wonderful. <laughs> I know. And it's so I, I'm always telling folks who like, oh, I hate my surgery. I'm like, oh, I think you should get a baby lock. But they are very expensive and yes. not everybody can pull that off. It's expensive. Yes. So you now, and I, and I know that baby lock lost the patent on, or not, it expired uh-huh. for air threading. And so now Janome has an air threader for their surgeries. Mm-hmm. Do they have it for the cover stitches as well? Because I do have a Janome cover stitch. I'm not sure. Whether but your cert, but they do have it because I think I saw uh, Raven Maureen demonstrating uh-huh. hers. Yeah, um, yeah, she has the same surgery that I have. So yeah, okay, yeah. So they have it for air threading. So that's great. That makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And so they, then you are meant to just like you said, promote it in the way that makes sense for your sewing. Yes. So I'm basically doing what I already do, but on on a Janome machine, and then of course I make certain posts and make that available to them so that they can post it on their website as well. It's just a means of promoting, of course, to a broader community. Once everything happened with George Floyd, I think a lot of companies started to look towards Black makers, people who are in the sewing community but didn't necessarily have um, that much of a voice to say, hey, listen, you guys are on our stuff. Let's bring you in. We want to see what you're doing. We want to see what you're making. And we was really uh, at the forefront of that in our discussions in Black Makers Matters. I was happy to join with them because I felt like who they were as a company was fell in line with what we were trying to achieve as far as inclusivity and all those things are concerned. 
That's interesting. And so that's where your sewing life is headed. So you've got the Janome, and I also saw that you were in Sewn Magazine. Yes. And that's really great. I, I like M- Michelle's product a lot. Mm-hmm. And so what's next on the horizon with bringing back relationship rocket science? What's that going to be about? And how can we get more information about that? So I'm really excited about that. Yay. As you can tell, on some issues, I can be a little bit hot and cold because I am a passionate person. And so I go where my my passion leads me. And because the COVID uh, crisis pandemic brought up so many issues for my people, I was telling you earlier that I am eyeball deep in referrals and I cannot see all the people that would like to get seen. I can barely see my own clients now because I'm so full. I wanted to produce something that people could take with them that didn't necessarily need my specific oversight. Because I'm solution focused, I wanted to create a product that people could start and finish and walk away with something, with tools that could last them for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Understanding things that a therapist, you might never even hear in, in therapy, so to speak, because this is really just about the how. I want you to know how, not just why, but how. And so I'm starting the first workbook series is the, I'm starting a workbook series. The first workbook in the series is based on healing because this is really where people are struggling since they've had to sit down and not live the lives that we've wanted to live for six or seven months or however long COVID has been in existence. Mm-hmm. People have really been struggling with the past bubbling up, their past hurts, the things that have happened to them, traumas, things that they might have even forgotten or put away. But now they're sitting in their homes because they can't go out and be busy and they don't know how to deal with it. They have no clue what to do with it. And in addition to relationship issues. You used to be able to use your errands as a way to get away from your husband, your wife, your children, just have a minute to breathe. But now stores are closed. Where are you going? Hmm. There's a a virus out there that's going to get you. Where are you going? So everybody has to sit at home and look at the person they can't stand. They don't know how to (laughs) communicate with them because they never learned how to communicate with them. They don't even know the first thing about themselves and what they're bringing to the table that is not good. This series is really to help people learn about themselves and learn about the people around them so that really they can just create the life that they want to create. I think that's absolutely beautiful. And there has been so much conversation about the ways that the coronavirus and the global pandemic, which are very large, global, destructive things, have also impacted us on such an individual daily Mm -hmm. level that we are my son yesterday he's a teenager Mm -hmm. um he's well he's about to be graduating from high school and he was like mom I think we are oversaturated Mm -hmm. with each other Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just impressed that my baby was called using the word oversaturated. Come on, come on, SAT word. I, yeah, thank you. So, wow, that prep class really paid <laughs> off. Um, but yeah, he's like, we're oversaturated with each other, mom. And mm-hmm. I was like, 
okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, but I still want to talk to you. He's like, we're oversaturated. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, of what it means to be confined and learning about that. And we're learning so much. And I, I'm in a very lucky position because mm-hmm. my one son is 17 and he is very independent. And I think about folks with little kids, with littles who have to be helped and yeah. have to be, it's just a lot of pressure. And so I appreciate you creating a tool to help people deal with that pressure. Yeah. And so how can we access the workbook? When is it going to be ready? Is it ready now? How do we find it? The first workbook is about 97% done. Okay. I am, it is almost there. And so the release date is coming very soon. The second workbook is still in the works, but I'm into that. But I want to also say that because I made the 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 tease on Instagram and I asked people what they thought I was going to be doing based on just what, who they knew I am. A lot of people guessed that I would be doing a podcast. And I said to myself, maybe I need to do a podcast. Uh (laughs) So one of the things that I truly adore is giving people off the cuff advice about love and all kinds of relationships. Like that is just, for me, it's just a sport. It's fun. You ask yeah, me. Well, you are a perfect, you are a marriage and um, family counselor. Yes. You are a marriage, you're a certified marriage and family therapist. Yes. So you have skills in this area. It's like me when I get a literature category on Jeopardy. I have mm-hmm. an English PhD. I'm like, oh, this is going to be for me. Exactly. I can do this one. Exactly. It's just simply fun. So I think that my pod, not I think, my podcast is coming, guys. It's coming. And I'm not sure when, but it's it's coming down the pike soon. I have some things to learn. So remember when I said that I'm addicted to challenges? I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. Same. Listen to me. Same. Yeah. You just got to figure it out as you go. So I'm going to build a plane and fly it at the same time. But I do know that it is going to be advice column based. And there will be sometimes where I talk about certain issues or particular topics that might arise in my therapy. There are a lot of times in session that something, somebody says something or I say something and I'm like, oh, other people need to hear this. So on those days, I will also discuss those things. But for the most part, it will be an advice column. So I'll have people write in and I will be able to answer your questions in real time and just give you more details about those topics as I go. Oh my goodness. I love this. This is great. This is so exciting. Jessica, this has been such a fun conversation. Thank you so much Thank for so speaking much for with us today. Me. Tell me how we can find you on the socials and that way we can stay tuned um, to what you're doing. So we'll know when the workbook drops. Yes. So where can we find you? So on Instagram, I am the fashionable therapist, but in between the and therapist are underscores, the underscore fashionable underscore therapist. On Facebook, I am the fashionable therapist. And I also have a blog that I did not mention. Lord, I'm sorry, blog. I love you too. I have a (laughs) blog. (laughs) I've been blogging for a while. And this is another way that I try to combine my fashion because I take pictures of the things that I've made and put them on my blog as well. A beautiful, it's a beautiful blog and it's a beautiful Instagram page. And if you all aren't following, you should totally be doing so. Thank you so much. The blog is thefashionabletherapist.com. And I foresee that you will be able to get my workbook from a link from thefashionabletherapist.com. And one more thing, I ha- I did write a book in 
2017 called Relationship Rocket Science, The Modern Woman's Guide to um, Marrying the Traditional, Modern Traditional Man. And that is chock full of goodness because I do speak man, especially caveman. I speak caveman. My goodness. (laughs) So I just want to help those women who are looking for the traditional man navigate what that looks like. That Mm -hmm. book is available for purchase on Amazon. It's called Relationship Rocket Science. And we'll include the link to that in the show notes. So just make sure you send me all that info and it will all be in the notes for your episode. So people will listen to the episode and they can click through your links to find you and your goodies. Yay! Yay! Thank you again, Jessica. This was wonderful. And thank you all so much for listening and joining us for the Stitch Please podcast today. Thank you. to the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you supporting us by listening to the podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us with questions, you can contact us at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and you can find Black Women Stitch there in the Patreon directory. And for as little as $2 a month, you can help support the project with things like editing, transcripts, and other things to strengthen the podcast. And finally, if financial support is not something you can do right now, you can really help the podcast by rating it and reviewing it anywhere you listen to podcasts that allows you to review them. So I know that not all podcasts directories or services allow for reviews but for those who do for those that have a star rating or just ask for a few comments if you could share those comments and say nice things about us at the stitch please podcast that is incredibly helpful thank you so much come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together